Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, June 30th. Our topic today is taking a fresh look at your call center, big and small changes that can make a difference. During the call, we, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com or chat to us at calltalk.tv, or you can also call in to ask your questions. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question via email or phone on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much, Sean, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Uh, Our listeners chose today's topic, taking a fresh look at your center, big and small changes that can make a difference. Well, it's an important topic since so many of us get stuck into the same old, same old of our our centers, and and there's nothing really new or exciting that uh, draws us into work or, you know, comes into our work life or our physical settings at the call center. Uh, My guest today is Dr. Bill Davis, and Bill is an IT and customer contact executive with more than 25 years experience in organizational development, process improvement, and and Bill's shown a real talent for generating revenue by developing and implementing customer-focused solutions. Uh, We love him because he uses performance metrics to improve operations and implement best practices, Uh, you know, a very structured and, and scientific approach as his uh, Ph.D. Would, would, would imply. And he's also had great experience in giving shots of adrenaline to call centers that are kind of down in the dumps and then measuring the results. So uh, we really appreciate his willingness to, to share his experience and expertise. Uh, welcome to the program, Bill. Thank you for having me on, Bruce. Okay, great. Well, well so, Bill, are, are you saying that call centers are kind of like the stereotype of marriage? Uh, they get... <laughs> Well, my wife isn't listening. Dull and uninteresting if you don't inject some romance every once in a while? You know, Bruce, that's, that's really true. The, the call center can be, uh, it can be a bright and cheerful place to go, uh, like, like, a, like a smoothly running relationship, or it can be a depressing dungeon where you just feel trapped. Ooh, boy, from, from romance to dungeons. Uh, wow. Uh, well, give us an example. I mean, have you, uh, have you actually seen dungeons, and, and what, what can be done about them? I, I did, Bruce, and I, I was asked on a project to come in and look at a center. Uh, the, the organization wanted to build a new center. And uh, so to give me uh, some background, they took me on a tour of their existing center. And the very first thought I had when I walked on the production floor was, what did these poor people do to be punished like this? Um, <laughs> punished, huh? Okay. The yeah, building that is was depressing. The building was had had windows on on two sides of it, but mm. every shade and every curtain was was closed and tacked shut. Because um, every every cube was uh, was isolated. The the walls were probably uh, you know seven feet tall. The lighting um, was typical, uh, almost warehouse-style lighting. There were two rows of fluorescent lights that ran down the center of the ceiling. Mm, mm. Okay, yeah, I know. It does sound depressing. So what, what do you do in a situation like that? And then some of our listeners may find themselves, uh, you know, thinking about their own centers, not necessarily in its entirety, but certain aspects of it. So what do you do in that kind of case? 
Well, one of the first things that we looked at, because as you mentioned, my background, very uh, structured, very scientific. Um, one of the first things that we did was we asked the sponsors of the project for permission to actually survey the users and ask the users, the agents, um, you know, what they would like to see in a new facility. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and some of the... Some of the other things that we did was we assembled a team of experts uh, to come in and and help us to really uh, bring the best of breed and the best of what was available into that new design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's great. I'm anxious to hear what came out of the the agent uh, survey because I think those are extremely important. And, um, you know, if we can touch on things that will be interesting to our listeners, including things like facilities, break rooms, uh, people, you know, what to do with the people and furniture, location, headsets, food, the, all of those things. And, and uh, we're going to try to range uh, from those things that people with large budgets can do all the way down to things that people without budgets can do to uh, have an impact on their centers. So, uh, yeah, take it away, Bill. Tell us about some of the things. Okay, Bruce. Well, one of the things that we found is that there's really two main tracks that you have to consider if you're going to do a major uh, renovation or a a greenfield project. And on the one hand, you have your facility. So Mm -hmm. you want to look at heating and air conditioning. You want to look at using the best technology. You want to look at, you know, what things are available um, to help with my new facility. And also, all of us are well aware that executives are not in the habit of giving us blank checks, that we have to come up with an ROI for each of the things that we want to do. Yep. The second track that I find equally important, but a lot of times actually gets overlooked because of the budgetary side. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I can't, I can justify putting an air conditioner in. I can justify upgrading the switches and the cabling. But I can't, I can't justify some of these people issues because they're not hard dollars. And I submit that you can and that the people issues around the, the ergonomics, the having food available, having don't cram your center, leave it open, uh, you know, have it bright. I submit that you actually can generate an ROI for those things because, uh, as most organizations will tell you, their investment in their people is their most important investment. Well, Bill, one of the things you mentioned to me when we were chatting before was uh, the new uh, ways of heating and air conditioning centers, and that actually there can be some big investments that can have some big ROIs. Uh, Can you tell us about those? Sure, Bruce. Uh, One of the biggest factors in operating a facility is actually the the cost of making that facility habitable for people. Um, and that that's really centered around the environmentals of the heating and air conditioning. The traditional, how you say, maybe the old style call center, which was very often uh, put into generic office space or put into that abandoned uh, or, or vacated grocery store, right, required everything to be pushed down from the ceiling. The farther the ceiling is from where your average person's head is going to be at about the five to six foot level, the more expensive it is to air condition and heat that facility because heat rises. 
if you have a 12 or 14 foot ceiling, the air coming out of your chiller facility has to be significantly colder to maintain the same relative temperature at, at human level mm-hmm. than it does if it comes from the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we found is the savings of 30 to 40% just in the heating and air conditioning environmental bills in facilities that are now being built as purpose-built facilities with raised floors where the uh, all the heating and air conditioning environmentals actually pass up through the floor and not push down. Okay, let's take note of that, 30 to 40%. That is not considered. Yeah, that is really significant, 30 to 40%. And in those climates where you have a lot of hot heat and a lot of cold, then uh, that can really make a difference to your cost. Isn't there a collateral benefit, too, you were mentioning, in terms of personalization of the climate? That's right. The uh, the two biggest con- complaints that you'll get, facilities complaints that most people will see, is um, it's too hot, it's too cold, or there's not enough light, or there's too much glare. With the using the in-floor-based heating and air conditioning systems, you have the ability to give each agent or each position control over their own environmentals. So if it's if it's a hot, if the person feels hot, they can reach down and open their floor vent. If they feel cold, they can close that floor vent. Had a significant reduction on the amount of calls that were made to facilities to, uh, to try and adjust temperature. And we all know that most large facilities, temperature is adjusted in, in zones. Well, you know, that is a big thing because there are actually people who leave call centers because they're uncomfortable. And if you can, uh, and sometimes really good agents who leave because they're uncomfortable with the uh, the temperature. And, um, uh, you know, I- I'm thinking, Bill, the first time you and I met actually was at a College of Call Center Excellence uh, in San Francisco. And I recall, I just thought of this now, I recall that there were people in the room, one guy from Estonia in particular, who was always hot. And at the same time, we had some uh, students from Los Angeles who were always cold. And what do you do about that? I mean, obviously, uh, it's it's very hard to make everybody happy unless you have the kind of solution that you're talking about there. Well, well, that's great. What about um, furniture and ergonomics? Uh, What can be done there if you have budget and what can be done there even if you don't have budget? Okay, so... Bruce, the, the, this is really, really a key element, and I would say to the to the center manager that's on a very limited budget that that doesn't have a lot that he can do that he or she can do, take a look at the chairs your people are using. If they're using the the standard gray, blue, black office chair with molded arms, with you know the the five uh, five ball casters. Uh, and the, the only control on the thing is whether it leans back or not. Um, you can really make a huge impact on your employees, on your staff, by just giving them a proper chair to sit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and have you seen uh, situations actually where that has made a difference? We have. We uh, we finished uh, retrofitting one facility and had some of the. Uh, uh, we had the reps on site with us from the from the furniture manufacturer, 
And because these agents had never had ergonomic chairs that had five, six, seven different adjustments on them, we held some uh, we held some seminars and we had some floor walkers, and we had a couple of ladies that uh, were uh, almost in tears. They were so happy that they had worked in the center for years, and it was the first time that the chair had ever properly fit them to where they were comfortable and could actually stay comfortable during their assignment because, you know, as we all know, the, the agents are not free to get up and walk around whenever they feel like it. Mm-hmm. No, I would think that that would be a big thing and probably something, too, that could uh, demonstrate an ROI in terms of uh, performance and productivity of the people and even uh, at the limits, uh, you know, people not leaving the center because they're so uncomfortable in their chairs. Um, okay, well, that's great. Uh, we, we have some uh, questions that are coming in. And by the way, this is one of those uh, sessions of Call Talk where we invite you to either call in or write in with your stories as well. If you have some thoughts about how the, uh, the, the, the you know these things can make a difference after you take a fresh look at your center, please do. So, Sean, do you have something for us? Uh, yes. <clears throat> John chatted in. Um, I had hot food added to our cafeteria and found this caused a huge increase in morale. Have you heard of other techniques like this that have worked? Okay, great. Well, one of the things that I can say is uh, call center uh, world, uh, we kind of travel on food, don't we? Not always the healthiest stuff, but it, it is something that's very important in the call center sector because you, you live there. Uh, you know, people kind of live there. So, Bill, what's your, what's your thought and experience on, on uh, John's comments? Well, that's a very good, John, that, that you able to, uh, to come to that conclusion and we're able to generate the, the proper things to get the executives to buy off on that. Um, we did a project where uh, a new call center was being built. It was Greenfield, but it was being built in the traditional light industrial park. Great, great for a facility, great place for a location, you know, good facility stuff, good uh, rental not so good for people. Um, we did a we did a quick survey and um, found that really, unless you wanted fast food, unless you just wanted a burger, which uh, was was about 12 minutes away, um, to get a decent meal was 17 mo- 17 minutes from the facility. Well, mm. we found that we found that 47 percent of the people in that facility had a lunch period of 45 minutes or less. Mm. Yeah. So just do the math. And really, it's impossible to get off site, have a meal and come back, which means that you're kind of uh, left brown bagging it or, or bagging the center, which is probably what some people do after after they get fed up. What well, you know, in uh, um, we found last year in one of the centers that we went to that uh, they were in an area where and I'm sure that many of the people listening are in the same situation where you have a lot of uh, very aggressive restaurant owners and catering companies that are just begging for business. And if you open the doors to them and say, come on in, we need to have certain kind of food prepared, you know, uh, obviously well, et cetera, and uh, with certain price points, and, and put them into competition with each other, and maybe even do them in rotation so that it's not always the same kind of food, you can take your center even a fairly small center from, uh, you know, zero hot food to a really exciting thing that people are talking about and happy about 
in, in a pretty short period of time. Uh, Bill, would you agree with that? Yes, Bruce, that's very true. And it's actually very helpful in that whole ROI um, equation because the center manager is not a restaurant manager, right? We don't want to burden the center manager with trying to keep track of whether the food service is turning a profit or not. Um, mm -hmm. but what we did find was that 80% um, of the people surveyed would eat lunch in the facility three or more times a week if it was offered, if it was a hot meal, mm -hmm. uh, and if it was reasonably priced. And reasonably priced in our survey came out to be a, a, a complete meal that was under $7. Um, mm -hmm. Interestingly, we also found that 68% of that same population would eat lunch in the, or would eat breakfast in the facility if breakfast were available and, and were, uh, were under $5. Now, maybe where you live, those numbers are not, uh, those price points are not really achievable. But as you said, Bruce, the caterers, the restaurant people, they're in stiff competition. Um, 11 out of 12 new restaurants do not survive the first year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, no, so I there's think... tremendous competition. Yeah. Yeah. And if you offer them this opportunity for a, a captive audience, if I can put it that way, uh, really uh, give it a try, people, if you can uh, – Think about, uh, you know, putting some fresh uh, ideas with regard to the food sector. Uh, it's very important, as I've always found, in the call center area. Um, Bill, can I just ask you, you had talked, uh, we had talked about decompression and your story about reconfiguration. Uh, we're sort of going from the food to the, uh, the floor. But I would like to make sure that our listeners hear that one before we take the next uh, question. Well, one of the things that we found um, when you when you go into the traditional call center, which is a really it's a it's a cube farm, um, is that the <laughs> agents even when they go on break, there's no place to go, because because they walk away from their cube, but they're like by every other cube. So mm -hmm. what we found was that just some just some small, well lit, quiet areas um, that were away from the noise some comfortable chairs, uh, you know, a little side table, just someplace to sit quietly and, and gather your thoughts. Um, there were, you know, there are a lot of other things that are offered, but if, if you can't do the other things, if you, you know, you're not in a position to do any of the big ticket items, um, if you can just reconfigure some space where there's a, a quiet, a quiet area um, or, or even a, uh, uh, an extra uh, office or a, a conference room that's not used regularly, you can mm -hmm. reconfigure that as a quiet space where the agents can just go and, and you know, de-stress a little bit. Um, that, that really goes a long way towards their satisfaction. That's right. No, the agents will really appreciate that. And um, there was also a story you told me about a major reconfiguration, which did involve uh, an investment, but actually paid for itself well. Uh, starting with an average of 225 square feet. Do you remember that story, Bill? Oh, yeah. We, um, we, we did a reconfiguration in a center that had the, the old traditional um, cubes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they had the cubes all blocked out, and we did the math. And, and based on the, what size they had in the facility, they were running about 220 to 225 square feet per agent. Now, that's a rough calculation. You take the total square footage of your facility and divide it by the number of agents that you, that you have. Um, and, and the agents actually did not like the facility because they felt uh, very closed in. They had no, unless they stood up, they had no eye contact. They had no kind of 
connection with anybody around them. Um, we switched that facility to a more modern, completely modular desking system. Mm -hmm. um, and what that allowed us to do was to completely reconfigure this space. Um, we were able to almost double the amount of agents in that, in that same space, but the agents came back on survey and actually loved the new facility because it was so bright, so open. Um, they, had, they had eye contact with their neighbors. They didn't feel like they were closed off in a little, uh, you know, isolation. Mm -hmm. So um, just by changing that configuration and modernizing it, uh, we were able to, to reduce the footprint per agent, but also we gave that organization much greater flexibility because that desking system can be completely reconfigured by the local staff without having to use any, uh, any highly skilled staff. Mm -hmm. And it also allowed the, the, uh, each workstation to be configured for, um, to, to best suit that particular agent. So you didn't have a, a agent who was, you know, five foot one trying to uh, work in a space that was designed for somebody that was six foot. Right. Okay. Good. Well, from Cube Farm, well, maybe not from Cube Farm to Club Med, but somewhere in between anyway. Well, I, I think that's a real win-win because if you're able to reduce the footprint that way, you actually save money for the center and make people happier as well. Um, I, very, very good story. Uh, Sean, uh, you have another question? Uh, yeah, I have a couple questions, but let's go with this one. It, it kind of fits with what you're talking about now. Um, if you tear down the divider walls, how do you handle all the background noise? Mm, great question. Oh, that's that's an excellent, excellent question, um, and and actually something that we had to prove to the executives in one organization before they would let us do it. Um, there's a uh, there's some some very small panels. They're called deflector panels, and um, you may use them as a separator at desk level. You may use them that you, you see them there kind of little angular panels that are that actually go up above the uh, the desking station. Um, that's one way. And what that does is it actually kind of it kind of reflects the noise of that particular agent back at themselves so it doesn't carry. Um, another way to do it if you have the if you can spend a little bit of money and go with some modern technology is to use some uh, pink noise generators. And what they do is they, they actually generate a very soft uh, kind of a hum or hissing sound if you were to listen to them individually. And what that does is that kind of, to your ear, to the human ear, that counteracts some of the more typical background noises and, and dampens them so that the facility actually appears to be quieter than it really is. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And, uh, where do you set these things up? I mean, if, if let's say somebody uh, listening says, you know, I'd like to have some of that because uh, I'd like to reduce the noise or the apparent level of noise. I think that's the key thing. It's the apparent level of noise to both agents and to, to customers. Um, how do you set these things up and, and how do they work? Well, this is a place like, as I said in the very beginning, you know, this is a team effort. You 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 have to bring in your experts for each particular uh, item or each particular area that you want to go into. Um, mm -hmm. On our teams, we did use uh, some experts, with some audio engineers and, and people that were uh, very well versed in this. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, your, your you know, high-end option, if you're doing a greenfield or you're doing a brand new construction, 
they actually strategically locate those devices underneath the floor, uh, mm -hmm. which is you know where all of your wiring and everything else is. Um, in the in a existing configuration, they'll come in and they'll do some evaluation of of sound levels and different things in around your center, and they'll mm -hmm. put in some uh, some floor standing units that are. Um, I guess you'd say they look kind of like a kind of like a tower or a or a small uh, you know a small computer box, and, and they'll they try to uh, you know they'll they'll blend them in with how your furniture is configured, right? But that's right. really an area for, that's really an area for an expert, and it's not a it's not some place where you uh, you know the center manager or or somebody in the facilities organization wants to try and you know solve that problem on their own. Right, you don't want to just sort of wing it. Okay, Sean, you said we have another call, uh, another question. Yeah, there are two questions that were sent in that uh, <clears throat> I think are both similar, so I'll go over them both. David asks, I want to make our center more environmentally friendly or green. Any ideas? Uh, and then another caller, uh, Mike, are, are you seeing many call centers going green or working on initiatives to save costs? Also, have you seen any tax benefits for call centers making these changes? Okay, Bill, you want to take that first? Very good. Sure, thank you. Yeah, very good. Uh, let me hit the tax uh, first. The tax things, uh, the projects I've worked on, those are always at the, the local or the state level. It, it just depends on what organization or what, what uh, your state has going for you. What we have found, uh, because you can never figure out what department has what state to state, but what we've been very successful at is contacting the governor's office. And if the, usually the chief of staff or somebody in the governor's office who's, uh, who, who deals with all these requests, they know where to route you to for the right person, for the right incentives for your particular municipality, county, or area that you're working in. Um, there, there are obviously uh, there, there are programs for that. Um, in uh, a few years ago, I know that, that we did a project in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area that they gave some uh, pretty nice incentives. Um, let me see. Uh, another part of that question was about, uh, help me out, Sean, was it about cost savings? Uh, going green? It, it was um, just yeah. looking for ideas, uh, you know, to make their center more environmentally friendly. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just work, you know, initiatives that actually save you costs, you know, by kind of, quote, going green. Okay. Well, yeah, another thing that we've seen is um, as we try to get people to go with the more brighter open centers, then, of course, the question always is, well, now we have all these windows, and what's the sense of having all the windows if you're going to have the shades drawn all the time? And, uh, the, of course, the solution there is uh, there's a number of um, window treatments that are very effective at allowing the useful light in and reflecting the heat. And anytime you can do that, and the manufacturers there can also help you with those ROI calculations of, of how much they're going to reduce your, your cooling load by reflecting that heat. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, you know, I think the uh, HVAC systems, the uh, heating and air conditioning, that's so important. And it's an area where, uh, you know, a little bit of work by yourselves uh, as managers can make a big difference. I'd add the following as well. Uh, recycling bins, uh, a center we went into last year that the uh, agents wanted to see things that were more environmentally friendly, 
And um, if you go into some airports, you'll see these really nice uh, bins that are three different for three different kinds of trash or uh, recycling, actually, that are for uh, paper, for uh, glass and for metal and um, aluminum, basically. And if you put those up in your center and they have a, a nice message on the front, nice green message, it uh, is, I think, very good for morale, particularly among those agents who are very environmentally conscious and uh, will be good for you on a PR level, but also good for your community and your environment. You have to make sure, of course, that you can get pickup for those from the local local services. But in most communities these days, you can't have that. Uh, the other thing is to um, encourage people to use uh, recyclable cups instead of styro styrofoam all the time. Styrofoam is not environmentally friendly. Uh, just make sure that they clean those cups. I'll tell a story about that in a minute. And um, then in, in terms of uh, trying to use electronic communication instead of too much paper, there's still a lot of centers that uh, print up things and pass them out and, uh, you know, just things that end up getting thrown away almost immediately. So you might do a little audit there and say, do I really need to have this printed on paper or not? Uh, and, and one last thing that environmentally conscious centers are thinking more about is, uh, you know, how to utilize at-home agents. Because one of the things that you can do that's environmentally friendly is to uh, reduce the commute time. Uh, also, keep that in mind if you're in the uh, site selection phase because uh, if you have a center that cannot be reached except by car, it's obviously going to be different uh, in terms of environmental impact from one that's on the bus routes or the subway routes or whatever it happens to be. So uh, great question. Uh, Bill, did you want to add anything to that, or should we go on to the next question? I think we should go on. That was, I think we got it. Yeah. Okay. Actually, we're at the, at the bottom of the hour already. Uh, Sean, did you have one last question you wanted to uh, throw in there, or should we... Should we end it there? Oh, if, if I could just add one thing, and that is when we put these things in our center, uh, try to let people know that you're listening to them. Put a sign on that ice machine that you put in the, uh, in the uh, lunchroom or the sink that you put in the, the uh, lunchroom along with soap so that they can wash out their cups and make sure the germs don't get passed and things like that. Uh, let them know that these, this is the result of listening to them and their concerns about uh, you know, having the, the center be green, and it's a, a way of, of uh, you know, showing that they, they matter, that, that you care about them. So put up the signs. Uh, tell them about that. Okay. Uh, Sean, back to you. Um, okay. Uh, you know, we're at the bottom of the hour. We do have a couple more email questions. Uh, we'll respond to those. Um, but I wanted to thank our uh, co-host, Dr. Bill Davis, for his great insights in today's show. Uh, it was a really great show. I want to thank all the participants for their questions. Um, uh, our winner for the uh, in-depth reality today, today is David. David, please send an email to um, calltalk at benchmarkportal.com so we can get you your report. The topic for our next show on July 14th is team meetings, why your call center needs them, and how your employees will benefit. Our host is uh, Barbara Burke. I'd also like to uh, let you know that Call Talk is now a uh, podcast, which you can find on iTunes. Um, thank you very much for the show. I hope everyone has a very uh, happy 4th of July, and we'll see you on July 14th.